no, 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 no. Dude, look that's at your so, phone. It's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start the podcast off with that sound bite? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hello, folks. No, 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 Ladies and gentlemen. We're back with episode seven of Somehow I Dad, the podcast about dad life. Joining us today from Ohio, Gordo. <laughs> from <laughs> from Alabama. Hi, have. welcome to Chili's. <laughs> Tyler Giddens, everyone. <laughs> from Seattle, from Seattle, TJ Weaver. What's going on? That's my favorite. We've got a great podcast in store for you guys. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, what's happened since our last dadcast? Does anyone have any stories about their families or kids from the past weeks? My oldest son has discovered that he can tell Alexa to buy things. Uh-oh. So I definitely, we got like three Amazon packages. We're like, what are these? And they were like, army men, a discontinued G.I. Joe tank, and something else. And I was like, no, none of this. And so now we have to check every day the Amazon cart because he's consistently putting things where it's like, I want army men. And he just walks in and he goes, Alexa, add army men to the shopping list. And it just goes in the cart. And Emily puts something in the cart, hits buy now. And then all of a sudden, army men, tanks, all sorts think, of stuff. I think you should let him keep the first package as like a reward for his ingenuity. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think no, like I told him we were is- returning it. And if he opened it, I was going to have him throw it in a trash bag and take it out to the dumpster. Oof, that's painful. It's probably bad dadding, but I did. No, it. that's good dadding. That's absolutely good dadding. Did you, did you? That makes me think of the story. Did you guys hear of the kid that bought two thousand six hundred dollars worth of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles on Amazon? I did hear about that. <laughs> That's Almost insane. like the kid that spent like uh, a grand on Fortnite bucks or whatever they were called. He ordered 51 cases of these SpongeBob popsicles through Amazon, like an Alexa unit, and shipped them to his aunt's house. And it contained 918 individual popsicles. <laughs> and none of them look like SpongeBob because they never do. <laughs> and because it was a popsicle, Amazon wouldn't take back the popsicles. No. Because they, they were like melted when they got to the. Oh. Who the heck so they're the just out $2,600. Wow. <laughs> they could always reshape them and start an ice cream truck. <laughs> 
I mean, they could. They could teach him how to run a business. (laughs) You got to pay all this back. (laughs) They started. They started a GoFundMe because they couldn't pay back Amazon. Oh my god! I feel like Jeff Bezos has enough money to cover that. And I'm reading an article here, and it says in three days they raised seven thousand dollars. Oh, that's a <laughs> the, the popsicles only cost twenty six hundred. So if you're listening out there, just order a ton of popsicles. <laughs> start a GoFundMe, and, and, and if you donated to that GoFundMe, you've been had. Yeah, <laughs> just don't order the popsicles and just start a GoFundMe anyway. Sounds like something David Williams would do. <laughs> Freaking David Williams! David Williams. <laughs> that guy, dude. Uh, my daughter Aspen started T-ball. Uh, we signed her up for that. Um, we are no longer doing gymnastics because I was going to ask like you, it. I was going to ask you about how that was going. Oh my gosh. So she doesn't like gymnastics with the other kids. Uh, I asked her why and she said, because I'm scared and she wants to do what she wants to do. She doesn't want to do what the teacher wants her to do. So she just wants to do the little bar that you hang on and flip a flip around everything else. She is in tears because she just wants to go do the bars and she doesn't care what those other little kids want to do. So she's a strong, awesome. independent woman. Uh, yeah, already. Yeah, we call her our three major. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an experience. It's it's a thing. It, it's painful. Very. <laughs> Just got a three major diet consisting of nerds and diet Dr Pepper, Dr. Pepper so. at nine thirty p.m. <sighs> yeah. Sounds like something a teenager would eat. Actually, tonight she put herself to bed, which is insane because she cannot go to bed without somebody laying beside her and she doesn't want to sleep in her own bed. She wants to sleep in our bed. So proud of so her. So Ashley told her to go lay in her bed right now. <laughs> she went and laid in her bed and she walked in there five minutes later and she was asleep. So I think that's a big dub. That's wow. amazing what happens when they don't eat sugar right before bed. Oh, she did, but she, she went to sleep right after. <laughs> what, what did she eat tonight? Uh, I think she had like two powdered donuts and some strawberries. So that was Strawberries like are healthy sugar? That's, a pro- yeah. that's progress, bro. She loves strawberry. Like fruit is her favorite thing. She'd rather have fruit than candy. Like there ain't nothing with this. Sh- nothing wrong with the strawberry shortcake. It evens out, dude. It's like literally no <laughs> calories. No calories. Exactly. You got the cake. Exactly. Boom. There's your calories. Strawberries. It like, takes calories away. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally fine. So T ball. T ball's next. <laughs> T ball. Yeah. yeah. T ball's next. So we're hoping she sticks to it. She begged to play. She found out what it was, and then she just, Daddy, I want to do this. I said, Okay. So we put her in it. So are we'll you coaching? Uh, I was forced into it because there was only one coach and multiple three-year-olds. So uh, Ashley signed me up. I would argue that even if you don't volunteer to coach, you'll end up coaching because oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had two kids do T-ball and somehow I was always there. Just like, get it, you know, hit the ball, <laughs> just like, swing it. And then some uh, you, if you'll discover but if you kneel down to talk to your kid, all the other kids come over because they think they're going to learn something cool, too. So then all of a sudden you're a coach to all these random children who are telling you about their toys and the, the booger they had on their finger. That was that's a true story. I had a kid go, look at this booger. And I'm like, mm, not like, my child. You're like one that's kind of gnarly, too. I don't really know your name. <laughs> That's, that's when you pick your bugger and you show him. And- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> True story, though. I was like, I was, I only had two kids at the time and I was totally taken aback. I was like, I don't know how to handle this situation. I'm not qualified. Do you think she'll, uh, you think she'll like Tebow? Or you think it'll be the same thing? No, I think so. She's got some friends that are doing it too. So she's just going to, she's going to get up to bat. 
and hit the ball and then be like, no, I want to, I want to hit again. Yeah, she will. <laughs> She'll just, grab the ball and try to hit and it again. Just try to hit it again. That'll be a fun, fun situation. When Dom, did, when Dom did T-ball, he kept running to third. We had to yes. keep being like, no, Dominic, run to first. And he hated it, dude. Like, <laughs> we have a picture. He's like, this is a like, deal breaker for me. Yeah, this is a deal breaker. If I can't, if I can't just get the third base, dude, uh, like father, like son, swear to God. It's about um, to say that just like his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he has twelve children. Oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. yes. But no, dude, he that, that's exactly what he did. We actually have a he did like pre t ball because he was our first kid, so we were like, oh, we got to do everything by the book. So we did like pre t ball because we're like, he's got to be a pro by the time he's four and in t-ball right so he did t-ball at three i think and uh he hated it he we actually his team picture is everybody standing up being like a great kid like just loving it and he's sitting and he's like sitting with his knees up in his head just like turned away from the camera just pouting and now he loves baseball now he's like he 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 does very very well at it and he's he loves it but man did he when I first started playing, uh, I first started playing baseball. I was played t-ball and loved it. And I, as a kid, I loved baseball, but I don't know. I definitely was not great at it. And like my group of friends that I played with, we went to we went to school together from like kindergarten through senior year. So we were like best, we were like friends to each other. We all played baseball together when we were younger. <clears throat> but I was always the kid that was like just a few stages behind them athletic wise so like we'd go to play the game it was like i can't remember what it's called or they give you the option of whether you want to use a t-ball or not um but i was always a kid that's like can i use the t i don't i don't want the kid to pitch against me and then even if i did i was just like i mean eventually got se- separated into an a team and a b team and i was definitely on the b team and then i didn't want to play anymore garrett when they took the t away no, 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 your wife's sick. Like you don't want to have like an awesome day, but she was really sick. And I had an awesome day with Evie. We, uh, we went to the park, we got Chick-fil-A and had like a picnic in the park. It was, she's been to the park before, obviously last, last summer, she was super young. The tree parking lot. (laughs) That's, that's Aspen. I know, but aren't we calling it that now? It's the tree parking lot. The tree parking lot. Oh yeah. 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 Went to the tree parking lot. (laughs) I'm like, wait, there's something to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. Yes, we were at the tree parking lot having a picnic. Yes. We got some Chick-fil-A. That was that was awesome. And she was just loving it, dude. And she went on the, we went on the slide. We went on the swing for the first time this this year, this spring. It's not even spring yet. But that's it was, fun. It was like 60 degrees out. And uh, yeah, man, we had, we had like an awesome day. She was super, super, super bonded with me after that. So she's been like, all about daddy. Like any, any time that she sees me while I'm working or something, she just wants to hang out. So that's, that's awesome. I just love spending time with her. And, um, yeah. And besides that, Dominic had his basketball awards tonight. He got, uh, 
he got called out and he got an award called the Splash Award because he never misses. So that's pretty cool that he's. Uh, that's a sick name good for at basketball. Award. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really, really good at basketball, actually, and he's. Um, it's funny just because like I'm, I'm left-handed, but I do everything right-handed. He's right-handed, but he plays basketball left-handed mainly, but he can switch off. He's just as good with either hand. Um, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And it was funny because his coach brought that up. I was like, oh, I was wondering if anybody noticed that, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. I was really proud of him because it's sixth through eighth grade. The sixth graders didn't get to play much, but they, they got, they had so many that they split off into like an A team and B team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. They did, they, they had a really solid year. They went like 13 and eight or something. And uh yeah, just just really proud of him. Give him a lot of confidence and and really, really helped him get to know some kids in school. And yeah, I feel like that's a big part about doing sports with kids because it also gives them an authority figure that isn't you, mm-hmm. because there's a coach telling you them to do things, and they got to realize that <clears throat> grown ups deserve respect, and at the yeah. same time some of the things that mom and dad have been telling them, they're not crazy, like settle down, listen, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> I think that's huge. And uh, it's, 100%. it's, it's cool to see uh, the drive in kids. Once they start feeling like they're part of a team or even any sport, like I, I want to get Luke into jujitsu. Yeah. Um, because I think it's practical. It's good effort and hard work. And uh my boss, I was talking to him why he put his kid in um, jiu-jitsu, and it's like all these, your your teacher isn't going to take crap from the kids. So he saw a big step up in his, his son's behavior when all of a sudden there's a, another grown-up saying, you got to listen, you got to yeah. pay attention, you got to sit down, you can't wiggle and squirm and stuff like that. No, it's that's so true. His, his coach is a... Um... His coach is actually a local pastor, so that was awesome. that was really cool. And his it's funny. His coach got up and said today when he was doing the awards, he was like, he was like, "Hey, you know, like we're all about getting better on the court and like upping our game, yada yada yada." But the biggest thing is just becoming an overall better man of God and learning how to you know handle these situations in a godly way and. And, um, he's like, we play to glorify God. And what we do is not to glorify man, but to glorify God. And that, I thought that was really cool. Cause that's something that we've been talking about, you know, as they get older, it's like, we have our morning devotions in the car and it's like, it's something I've been driving home for like the last two weeks. Just like, Hey, you, what you guys are doing is to glorify God, not, not yourselves, you know, like it's, it's great. And the feelings of feeling good after you do something nice is natural. But at the end of the day, like, we're doing it for that. So just to hear that reiterated by his coach, just like you said, which is, is a separate figure. Um, I've actually coached him in baseball pretty much almost all the years that he's maybe about like a third of the years that he's played so far. And this year I'm going to take a step back and just let somebody else coach him because I saw how, yeah. how healthy it was for him in basketball. Like just for me to be his dad in a support system versus me being his coach because man, I am very unknowingly hard on him as his coach and I much yeah. prefer to just be his dad. So, yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a good learning experience for me. This, this basketball season is like taking a step back, <laughs> letting him do yeah. his thing. That's wise. 
It goes to that. It takes a village every once in a while. And it's even more awesome that the coach was a pastor. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. he's in a really, they're in a really solid school. I'm just, we're, we're super blessed by that. That's sweet. Um, life for us is pretty good. Um, as of recording, we are 33 weeks pregnant. Um, so we've got a few more weeks to go. Um, it's good. We're getting hitting the, the nursery heavy this week. Um, Kate's been on spring break for, for school. So she's just been, been able to wrap her, her mind around, uh, what we need to get done in the house. And so we've just been working on stuff pretty hot and heavy the past few days. Um, but nursery's coming together. We've got it like, I'd say it's like 95% done right now, which is a great feeling. We don't have to stress about, you know, whenever baby comes. So did you pack the go bag yet? Uh, we have a list um, together and we have pretty much everything we need. We just haven't put it all in bags yet, but I'm sure we will before Monday. <laughs> we'll probably have yeah. our bags together because um, Monday we have <clears throat> our, we have a growth ultrasound because um, right now, I know I've talked with you guys about it, but I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but right now um, our baby is transverse. Um, so he's laying side to side, not up and down like he's supposed to be. Um, which isn't normally a huge deal um, earlier in the pregnancy, but later in the pregnancy, baby literally just runs out of room to grow. <clears throat> so um, we kind of find out on Monday what the what the situation looks like and find out, you know, if we get referred to a specialty clinic and considered a high-risk pregnancy or if we, if they want to try to do some other kind of invasive things to move baby or I don't know. So, but we'll figure it out on Monday, kind of what our situation looks like. Hopefully, you know, we're just praying. We just keep praying, you know, God, let your will be done um, in our lives and in and baby's life as it is in heaven. Um, but if you can include baby turning the right way by himself, that would be really great. Um, little baby Ed. Absolutely. Little baby Ed. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're, where we're at. Um, just living day by day. Just keep, we're just praying for baby right now, but super stoked to be a dad. Um, We finally had our childbirthing class this past weekend. Nice. Um, My, oh my. You guys watch live birth? We did. We did watch a live birth and I was not expecting that at all. Um, that's crazy was, that somebody off like somebody's okay with I that. know. <laughs> I mean, it was so there was like probably 10 couples in our class and all of them were like very pregnant. Like everyone was at least 30 plus weeks pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, <clears throat> you know, this class was 4 hours. It was insane. Um but like two and a half hours in. Early boot camp, dude. What? <laughs> dude, the it was insane. <laughs> they went over everything. Um God. But they like, um, probably like two and a half hours in, she's like, oh yeah, in a few minutes, we're going to watch a birthing video. So just to give you a heads up on that, in the room got like awkwardly silent. And then like, like the couples like kind of looked at each other, like there's no way she's joking. Like there's no way this is real. And sure enough, yeah. she goes to the next slide on the PowerPoint and um, 
music starts for this video and there was one dude one dude sitting right across from me that just threw his hands up and he goes i'm out and he just like walked out of the room he was like i'm not trying to watch this so he just oh, left there's uh, no way in heck i would watch that like no way no way dude it was it's i don't think i'd ever watched one because as a homeschooler, it wasn't part of the sex ed curriculum. <laughs> and uh, baby number one didn't prep me for like, it. Damn it. <laughs> you know, baby number one, C-section. Gnarly, but not crazy. Babies number two through four, natural birth, I was not ready. And by like baby four, I was like confident. I'm like, dude, I can get, I can, you know, I can look that. No, no, it was not pretty. Dude, we we were watching the video and Kate and I both like looked at each other and we were like, we want to cry because like this, like you literally just like, it's a very beautiful thing to watch in a way, but also like we want to throw up. <laughs> it was like the weirdest, like it's worse than it's somebody you don't exactly. know. Exactly. Like it was, oh, dude, it the was beautiful part about pregnancy. And it was like three different, it was three different women that they showed. Like this was, this was a long video. It was not my favorite thing I've ever watched. <laughs> Do share, Gordo. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I have, I've got nothing for this topic. <laughs> I've got nothing. I, 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 nothing. I feel like you've got something. I don't I think that. Feel like I don't you think have that anybody should have to watch a live birth, let alone three live births in a four-hour session. Dude, it was. I, I feel like you should watch your wives and just. I didn't even want to watch my wives. I was going to be my, my wife's <laughs> apostrophe. Yes. Yeah, he he's in Utah now, boys. I was like, I will stand at your it's shoulders. A Mormon. <laughs> I will. I will stand at your shoulders and I will tell you you're doing a great job. But I am not trying to look at all that. No, you got to hold 100%. the hand and hold the knee. I don't gotta do it. it. First time I was like sitting like I literally like she was freaking <laughs> gonna like I don't know what that dude is called in football. That's how bad I am with the center. Like yeah, dude. Like she was gonna freaking throw it to me between her legs, just like throw it up, and I was gonna catch this baby. That would be a quarterback. No, dude. I, no, dude. I was the quarterback. She was not the, if whatever. she's throwing the ball. She's the center. Oh boy. Or she's the yeah, long snapper. She's the center, and she's. I want to say my mind wants to say punt, and that's not the right word. Don't punt a newborn. <laughs> that's what happened to Steve, my don't. first kid. He said, I tell my boys when they act up. What happened to Steve? And I said, You know what happened to Steve? And he ran in traffic because they started oh. running in traffic. And then they say, Dad. And then they, then they start acting up. They start hitting each other. I said, You guys remember what happened to Steven? Like, no, what happened? I said, him and Michael. They're like, who's Michael? I was like, exactly. Michael. <laughs> that is some dark reverse psychology. Yeah, it's more so just like a joke now, but I realize how dark it is after like hitting him with that at like five years old. I was like, wow, terrible parenting. At least they can joke about like all the uh, scars yeah. I left them with. You think you're the firstborn. You're not. You're try number three. Tom, you think you're the you're, first off, you're adopted. Second off, had other biological children before you. No, I'm just kidding. That's brutal. The only adopted one here is Tyler. At least that's what Tony texts me back. 
Oh, did he? <laughs> no, he I'm, never takes me back. I'm legitimately adopted, so I'm mildly offended. You should be very offended. All I know is that when I started attending <laughs> my church, and I'd been going for like six months, my parents started coming, and uh, somebody was like, <laughs> Tyler. Thank you, my dear. You're like, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Uh, uh, we made the same face at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <when> you- <laughs> You're laughing. I hate you, dude. I hate you. I knew not to look at you because I knew it was going to be some immature, stupid-ass face. You did the same thing. You had the same look. You went... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's only, it's only, <laughs> I was among mature people and I thought I could gather my thoughts. That was my mistake. Um, <laughs> this is why we can't do video. I, can't I had to Tyler's introduce my parents and they, they were like, I, 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 I heard somebody whose last name was Weaver and I was like, yeah, those are my parents. They're like, Everybody does the same weird face. I'm like, yeah, they're white. I know. I know. It's okay. It's, it's okay. I I'm adopted. I know these things. Yikes. Freaking immature assholes. How am I supposed to edit that segment? Um, like the story. Just cut all of that out. <laughs> from like adopted to or actually everything from Steven onward because I don't want Gordo getting called by CPS. So let's uh, just... What are you eating, Garrett? My wife brought me a blueberry muffin she made. It, it's the best Steve muffin. Blueberry muffins are the best. I agree. Banana nut. Banana nut. Uh, yeah, I got banana a, nut. Got a glass of, You're drinking it with got a glass of. Oh my god! Oh, no, really? I gotta put some. I chalky love whole milk my, or chalky. I love whole milk, but it does definitely like make me sick now. Like the gut is not happy. And the only reason for that laugh was because Tyler showed abs- <laughs> Tyler shows absolutely zero emotion, whether he's happy or sad. The entire podcast. The one time I look at him, he's like, I was like, I was thinking, what kind of joke can I make here? And I'm like, no, damn it, it's TJ's parents, and it's a real story. And I look down, and Tyler's like, I saw it too, but I was gonna gloss right past it and ignore you people. <laughs> you little shit. I, I was too. So I'm funny. so sorry. It's the truth. Oh my god. This is where in like production world Damn we go it, like this. Oh. So Garrett can see that spike and cut <laughs> everything in front of it. <laughs> Except I'm not yeah. that smart and I have to listen back yes. to the whole podcast oh. when I edit it. Like when does they when do they stop talking about Goatman? Never. Bad, you can't like tag it with certain words. You could have like filters. You could have like <laughs> oh, man. just like run it in Ableton with little cues and be like, <laughs> nope. <Peaches>. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, pick hey, the racism. racism. There. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Got off topic there. 90% of our conversation. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Shit talk on trashy there. <laughs> uh, I forgot what we were talking about. 
Well, hey, if you have any questions about dad life, parenting, married life, or just general questions about the firmament of the earth, uh, what layer of heaven there is, or uh, anything about Goose Man, please follow us and message us on Instagram, comments on YouTube at somehowidad, or email us at somehowidad at gmail.com. This week's question is, uh, how do you guys spiritually lead your family? Um, and how do you spiritually lead your children? Whew. I actually went around and asked question. people like my peers and my guys that I kind of consider mentors about this. So I've, I've got a couple before. Well, as bad as this is going to sound, I hadn't really considered it much until probably like six months to a year ago, because in my mind, I'm taking my kids to church. That's, that's my, my job. Um, and then I started thinking it through that you, in the same way we talked about like how you balance family or like your wife and yeah. kids, you got to be just as intentional about being spiritually uh, nurturing to your family. And, and I think it rolls if you and your wife are of the same mind, that is a huge step in the right direction. Um, but for me, it's been, uh, I've started to take more of a focus interest in, because I'm a musician, uh, when I'm practicing for services, um, and the kids, cause the kids love to sit in here and watch me play guitar and hear the songs and stuff. And the, the each kid has their favorite worship song. Yeah. So they'll just roll into the office and be like, That's play awesome. Egypt, play another in the fire, play champion, <laughs> play lion. And instead of just being like the kids go, go, go get out of here. This is daddy's space. Yeah. It's like actually spending time and uh, like having a little worship moment with the kids. And even if they're just dancing around, singing the words, that's a step in the right direction. And yeah. taking the time, like, Another in the Fire is all about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And like taking the opportunity to say, this is the song. I know we love it, but this is the story behind it. And this is the points that the story is making. Um, that, that's kind of been my intentionality uh, of, because I feel personally closest to God when I'm worshiping, either just like worshiping, like, listening to music and getting into it or playing it. Yeah. And so that's the easiest way for my, me to share with my kids, my love or how I feel most connected to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, just being intentional about that. Like if I'm riding in the car, we're definitely going to be blasting worship music. We're not, we're not going to do something else. And if they hear something like, what does hallelujah mean? I've gotten asked that before. And I was like, wow. Let daddy get back to you on that one. Um, Stuff like that. But being intentional. And then as they get older, this is, I was talking to my boss yesterday um, because he's got an 11 year old and a 14 year old. And I was asking more, like, how do you, I asked him the question. I was like, how do you spiritually lead? He's talking about, how they do devotions as a family, which me and the wife are starting because now we're getting kids to the age where they will actually be interested in that. Um, Or they'll actually get something out of it, even if it's just a simple Bible story. 
And um, then, and Luke, uh, because he's now in second grade, he can read and all that stuff. Having him read a couple verses in a passage we're going to. And he's really loving that. But I was talking to my boss and he uh, he was talking about how important it is to get your kids involved in a ministry that they love because then they're going to want to be at church to be involved, yeah, 100%. not just attending church, going in on Sunday and walking out. Because I that's feel so like good. growing up, that's what I did. I went to church because my parents went to church. I wasn't involved. I didn't volunteer. But if I can get my kids interested in, like, if they love kids' church enough that when they age out of kids' church, they want to volunteer, that's something that's going to tie them spiritually into the church. If they get into worship like I am, then they start spending time at the church and it becomes a passion of theirs, not just an obligation that mom and dad made them do. So that's what I'm trying to work on and what I'm trying to cultivate um, with my kids. Yeah, I think that's really good. That's definitely something um, It's funny you touched on that because it's what I wrote down um, that like Kate and I have something that we have talked about is like we really want to not preach to our kids, but we want to instill in them that like church is more almost more about contribution than it is consumption. Um, and to make my, make church, our kids ministry, not just our ministry, um, and try to get them involved as much as they can and have them take ownership of things at church. And, um, you know, even if it's their, even if they're still in kids church, I've had ideas of like, Hey, let's bring them in. Like, you know, maybe while I'm at rehearsal on a Thursday night for Sunday, like let's bring the kids in and let's have them like clean in the kids area. Um, or let's have them like talk to the kids pastor and see what, what stuff they can do or, or if they want to help clean the auditorium or like stuff that like gets them involved and has them take ownership um, so that they're not <clears throat> just going to church and consuming, but they're actually contributing and um, making it their home. Not just, you know, where they go to take stuff or go to play with other kids in kids church. Like we really want them to take ownership of it. And I think that's a yeah. huge, I think that's a huge thing. I think it's it's awesome. Being on the worship team is such a huge opportunity because you're at church a lot. Yeah. And they get to see not only like the work side of it because we all volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um but the the they get to see especially like every team that I've been a part of, we like did devos as a team and stuff like that. And seeing a, a, a team of Christians who, I mean, you're on stage, you you spend a lot of time in the main view of people. Yeah. But seeing those people on stage chase after God <clears throat> yeah. is good for ki- your kids. Yeah. What were you going to say, Gordo? I was going to say, I don't know if this is, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if this is like an opposing view. Yeah. Because it's certainly not an opposing view. It's just something that I've come to the conclusion in my um, 32 years, it's not an opposing view whatsoever. It's, it's my thing is that like, I definitely, I grew up that way. And I, I grew up in a way that, you know, I, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that like, it wasn't my parents' intention whatsoever to lead this type of life. It's just how they were 
kind of shown yeah. to live like the perfect Christian life where you don't really talk about your mistakes. Like we just kind of live that growing up. So I got, I countered that for many years with like just staying out of the church, like really, really rebelling and everything like that. And really not leading my family um, in a solid way whatsoever. And then went through a time where I felt like I wasn't doing enough simply for the church. And now I'm at a place where like, it's, it's interesting because I, I guess where I'm at, where I'm at with leading my family spiritually is that I want the church to be our home. And when I say that, I know it's like loaded because it's like <clears throat> the church will never be our home. However, I want the basis of their biblical knowledge and their knowledge of God to be formed in the home. And I want the church to be a place that not just for fellowship and worship, but I want it to be a place that because of their love for God, they want to be involved and they want to give back and they want to help lead people to Christ. So I guess, and it's not, it's not that that's different from your guys' view whatsoever. I guess it's just a counter view of kind of where we're at. I mean, we're technically, I guess, in between churches and we never plan on becoming members of another church. And that's just, that's just kind of like, a, um, I suppose a personal conclusion that we came to. It's not like, it's not like, Hey, we're against the establishment. We're never becoming members. It's just like, we are open to whatever, wherever God calls us. And if that's not even a church whatsoever, if that's a mission field somewhere, we're open to that. And so I wouldn't say I'm going, I'm certainly not going through a point where I'm becoming a pastor. It's not that at all, but we are in a period where God is preparing myself and my entire family to teach and lead people in areas that he's preparing for us. And we don't really even know what that looks like. And it's not, it doesn't look like, I was just kind of telling Tyler this the other day, like, he's like, dude, why don't you use your talent for God and plan a worship team? And I'm like, dude, I've done that. Like I've, and it's not like been there, done that or anything like that. It's that I've done that. And sure, why, while I may have talents in certain areas, it's not the calling God's laid out for me. And it's not the calling that God's laid out for me to share with my family. Or it's not even the calling that I see God leading my children in. And, you know, and so I think with that is like, I got into such a point in the church where, don't get me wrong. I love playing drums for my church for my old church. I, I absolutely loved it. I love everybody there. Um, I have great friends, but it got to the point where it was just, yeah. it was for me and it wasn't for God. It was for the experience. And I, you know, worship to me was like the feeling I got during worship and then worship. And then repentance to me was the feeling I got when I was ultra sad about my sin. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not that I think it's more of an even keel way of living. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what worship is now. So that's that's the season that we're in. So it's not that I'm anti-church. It's that like what I'm looking for in a church is I don't care about, even as a musician who cares about quality of music, I don't care about what their worship style is. Yeah. I, I really care more that my family is being fed and that what we're being fed is true so that we can not just to reaffirm what I'm teaching them, but that we could take that into the world and teach people truly what it means to know Jesus. Because I, I just like, we got in, we got in such a rut where it was like, we get so stoked about these serve days and these community days, but like 
mm. man, what a yeah. shitty person yeah. I was the other six days <clears> of the week. You know what I mean? So it's like you really start to think about that. You're like, you're like, no, 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 I'm just following religion at that point. And I'm not anti-religion. Like I hate them. People are I'm anti-religion. Like, no, I'm not gonna go off on that tangent. It's just it's just like really what matters and 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 <clears throat> you know last Sunday I, I woke up. And I was like, I don't know where we're going to go to church today. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. But the Holy Spirit woke me up at 4 a.m. Um, as he does often. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go down and we're going to read, you know, we're going to read some things. And the Holy Spirit was like, I want you to teach your children about me today. And I'm just like, all right, that's what I felt in my spirit, you know? And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, are we supposed to go to church? And what does this mean? And you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that just open the Bible and I'm like, oh, this verse must be speaking to me. It wasn't that at all. But the verse of the day was where three or more are gathered. And I was just like, fair, you know, fair today. We're going to stay home and we're going to do home church again, not because I'm anti-church, but because this is, you know, I, I, I try to follow the Holy spirit day by day. And yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool place to be because I don't feel like we're held to any expectations of a church right now. I feel like we are just like, we're growing as a family altogether. Yeah. No, we're not perfect. No, I don't expect perfection out of my children, but it's a really cool place to be with like them going to their teenage years and then also having a newborn on the way, <laughs> but also a one-year-old that like yells during church. It's just, it's really interesting. And I think God's God's doing yeah, that's cool. definitely a new work in all yeah. of us. It sounds like um, from what I got from that see. is it's not you're not anti-church. You're very much pro following God's direction. Yeah. And it's not it's not an indictment of being involved in a church. It's uh God's doing something different for us yeah. right now. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what it, it's coming to terms too with your, like I felt, I felt a lot of guilt and shame from leaving my church, but not just leaving my church, but even being a part of the church. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I've uncovered in prayer and, and fasting through all of that, you know, is, is getting through my own hurt and frustration to realize like, that a lot of that shame and guilt that I felt wasn't anything that the church placed on me yet. Now, yeah. Was there some things that were said? Yeah. But that's, that comes in, that comes into play when it's yeah. like a church isn't perfect and it's everybody is a human that is involved in it. So like, I understand that it doesn't push me away from God, but, but to realize that a lot of that guilt and shame is just things that I placed on myself because I was trying to please the men of the church or the people in the church or fit in or this and that. And, God's just like, dude, I never called you to fit in. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? And so to realize that and then to follow that calling and to realize the calling is to share it with my family first and then spread out from there. And it doesn't, I'm, I'm okay if, you know, God called me home tomorrow and my calling was just to plant yeah. those seeds in my children for them to continue on the mission. So that's where I'm at is that like, I'm okay if the end of my story is today or if the end of my story is in 30 years, 10 years, like that's, that's how I want to live my life is to make sure that every day that I'm following outside of all the jokes and, <laughs> you know, nonsense and, and goofiness of, <laughs> of being my friend. And when it comes down to the core of it, it's like, 
I just want other people, I genuinely want other people to just know the gospel and, and, you know, first and foremost, my family and yep. outside of that, all of our friends and family. <laughs> so yeah, that's, sorry, I took up no, about 20 minutes of that segment, but um, since, Tyler, since Tyler's still awake, he could certainly chime in. I'm still awake. Yeah. Uh, so being a spiritual leader in my home, um, I mean, my kids are still really, really young. Uh, Aspen's only, only three. Uh, but I guess as far as leading myself and my wife, um, and then the kids in the future, we, we try to go to church as much as we can. Um, we go just about every week. Uh, I serve on stage, Ashley helps in the nursery, stuff like that. Um, and I don't necessarily think what Gordo said was wrong. Um, I think he's pretty spot on with what he said. That's where he feels he's being led. So that's where he needs to be. Right. So it's, it's, it's that wasn't a shot saying that no, I'm in there every week good. and then he's not because he's, he feels called to do something different. Um, I don't even think it that way whatsoever, by the way. That's why I was trying to convey to you guys. I certainly, I, I don't, no, not I'm not all. saying no, that. No, being no, not not even I, a little bit. I hope you guys don't take it that way. But I'm like teaching the worst team. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not that at all. Because I love that. Like I would, I would, I would be on a worship team tomorrow yeah. if that's yes. Yeah, so, no, you're but good. Anyways, um, so ahead, we, we try to just, right. I guess, lead by example. Um, and that's that's kind of the way that that my mom and dad did when we were kids. So my dad worked a lot, so he wasn't really in church to begin with for the first couple of years of our life. Um, but my mom took us to church every single Sunday we were in there. Every Sunday, so it was kind of like she set a standard. Um, some yeah. days we would ask, can we just stay home and play outside today with our friends? She's like, no, you can play outside after church. She's like, we're <laughs> yeah. going to church. And That's you're what my family was. So same, we same. forced to go. So we, so we went. Um, and then around probably eight or nine, I was eight or nine. That's when my dad started. Like He prioritized church over his job. And he made it a point to where he would be off on Sundays so he could be at church. Um, and long story short, my dad was called to preach at 16. He ran away from it and then he ended up coming back and following the calling later in life. Um, and that was around eight or nine. We, uh, we attended a different church and it was just pretty instant. The first Sunday he was there, he broke down and he said, this is what I need to do. Um, so that's kind of like set the stage of, I guess, the standard of where we need to be with our families is in church to raise them in church, um, raise them around God. So it's, it's really just using ourselves as an example towards them. Um, and like the worship team, I, I, I do it myself to uh, not only, I guess, increase my ability and like hone that tool in, but to, uh, I use it also as to worship God. Cause you know, music is used to worship God. And uh, the, the entire time I'm on stage, whatever I'm doing, if I'm playing, if I'm singing, whatever, if I'm just doing like background stuff, like it's, it's all the same. Like it's all, I'm singing directly to God. I'm not singing to the people in the audience. Yeah. So I feel like as long as I keep that attitude and my kids can see that as they grow up in church and as long as I communicate that to them and, and set the standard, this is what you should do and this is how you should do it, then yeah. I think everything will fall in line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, and I'm with you, Gordo. There was a, like, uh, we had kind of a not good break with our last church. Um, but there was definitely a solid like six months to a year of where spiritually I definitely felt it was the get your own house in order. 
where I was definitely on the worship team because I felt cool. Yeah. You know? And um yeah. and there was very little worship yeah. in my worship, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um then yeah. and I'm not saying I've got all my stuff together. I'm still struggling like constantly. But the For sure, we all are. The getting back on the worship team was definitely prayed about a lot. Like I so at my old church, I played my wife sang, and I came in at a transition time in the the church that I attend currently, and I was like, I I would love to play guitar like you. I would love to be on the team, but I'm not supposed to be right now. Like I've prayed about it, it's not right. It's not the right time. And then uh, th- that moment where I'm like, why am I worshiping? First and foremost, <clears throat> yeah. and then to the praying about it and then getting my my heart right was what made the difference. And then, of course, everything lined out to the very happy place that I am right now, even though I'm constantly feeling stressed because I feel like everybody else on the team and I'm like, right down here, like <laughs> barely good enough. Um, but I feel like... Yeah there's been uh, a lot of growth in me because I waited until like I was in the right heart space and spirit place to be back. Yeah. And there's, and I think that, I think there's a lot like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go out and be egotistical about it or anything like that, but I, I think that there's a lot of time, like there's definitely nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. I think we live in a time in an era right now. You know, I, if anybody asks me, Hey, are we in the end times? Like I do believe we are genuinely in, in the end times, yeah. whether that's 10 years, a hundred years, 500 years. Like, I don't know what the end times look like. The end times could have started the day that Jesus died. I don't know what that timeline looks like, but I, I truly believe where we're at right now with the music industry. And we can kind of see it clearly is that, there's a fine line like you're in and, and with music too. And, and without going deep into like vibration and different things like that, um, like music does have an effect mm-hmm. on the body and the soul and what we listen to and, and the reason why we listen to it. Um, and I think that there's a fine line right now. Like I, I don't know if music has a neutral, and I don't say that to make anybody feel bad if you listen to secular stuff, because I do all the time. I probably listen to darker metal that I need to listen to, but I, I think that we're in such a time where it's split. So I don't want anybody to take that as like, I am discouraging anybody from worship or anything like that, because I encourage it stronger now in, than ever before, because we are in such a split where music is either like, praising God and like I look at musicians that are doing things in that realm as like warriors in music and um and then I think there's that other flip side of it with Hollywood and all the different stars that are very much worshiping the opposite side and you know I won't go too deep into that but that's that's my point is that I don't think there's anything wrong with it and, and in fact I encourage it and I love it like I love to see people 
like the worship and everything like that. It's just not, you know, God didn't give me the mind that he gave me to think about the things that he gave me to think about, to teach people things. There's, there's a lot to it. And it's not just that. And it's not even based on my ability. It's just that music is something I enjoy. I enjoy and I do as an outlet. And outside of that, like I certainly sit here and worship with my terrible off key voice, but it's, it's not the calling. And and then also with that too, like, you know, I'm sure TJ, Tyler, Garrett, like there's times where you do feel really good and you do, it does. It's a hard thing to judge as a man, like what is stroking your ego and what just feels good. You know what I mean? I think there's a hard, I think it's hard to define that sometimes, but I think when we look and it's not that we're King David by any means, but I think if we look at people like King David in the Bible, like, oftentimes just going back and reading those passages and just realizing that like King David was like, he was straight up just a dude like the rest of us, like, you know, in the things that he struggled with, like he struggled with a lot of the same things that we struggled with. And, you know, his, his pride and ego was a lot of that, but he was still very much used by God. So it's like, even if you have times where you feel like that, I don't think you're failing. I think it's natural for every, specifically every man to deal with too. Yeah, because <clears throat> they you want attention and you want you love those feel good sure. things, but it's just a constant. Yeah, it's a constant battle. I know that 100%. I am like on the forefront of every day is how do I how do I get less of myself and more of Jesus? You know. Yeah, and like I have, <clears throat> um, I have a little like post-it note on the back of our. We have a drum cage at our church, um, and I have a, we have a little door you have to get in. Um, and I've got a little post-it note that I have made it a, um, an every time I play thing that before I step in that, before I step in that drum cage, I, I read it to myself and really process what it says. And I can't remember specifically word for word what it says, but you know, it's, it's, it's more so like a, a little bit of a prayer. Um, I think I got it from Andy Stanley, um, from a message that he did, but it's along the lines of like, um, you know, <clears throat> before I go out and do this, I'm I'm stepping into what God calls me to do. I'm stepping out of myself and stepping into the grace of God. I'm stepping into the calling of God and I'm stepping on my pride. Um, and like, <clears throat> it's just something that I, I know for me, I have to say every time before I get on the drum cage, because I don't not, I it's, yes, I don't want it to be about me, but like, I don't want to derail a, com- a completely like a service because I have the wrong motives and yeah. I have, you know, the wrong spiritual mindset on things. Um, and I think we could talk into this whole thing forever. Um, but I kind of want to keep us on, I kind of want to keep us on topic of, um, For you sure. know, parenting, spiritually and, and leading your family, spiritually leading your family. Um, but I think, um, kind of a follow-up question I have to you guys is what does, um, have you, do you guys do anything at home? Um, or any or any ideas of what you can do um, to introduce your kids to the gospel or to teach your kids the gospel? Um, I know Gordo, you mentioned earlier um, that you guys do devos in the car. Um, what does that look like every time you guys do that? Is it kind of the same thing every time, or are you following any any curriculum, or what do you? How, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, not really. We don't have. Um, I was I was super big on curriculum for a long time. Um, especially when I was teaching the youth at the church, but uh, nowadays, no, not really. I, we just kind of, uh, we just kind of take the Bible as it is really. Um, 
so we we read through it and that's really it i mean our biggest goal is just to read the bible understand you know cross reference with other points in it and i do read a lot of listen to the, listen to the theology podcasts and read a lot about um you know different things and different ideas on verses so i bring all i bring a lot of that to it but um no we don't really follow much curriculum we have a couple devotionals on um um from some certain authors but nothing that we're like you know strict on it's really we've really yeah. gotten back to just the rawness of the bible and what it says and really that's, trying to just study it for ourselves so that's where we're at i'll, as as I'll go back to mine i just literally like to spend time worshiping with the kids yeah and i was gonna, using I, using the the songs that we're listening to and kind of that's why i feel like it's super important to have a good spiritual base or a mm-hmm. scriptural base in the the worship songs we listen to yeah. um, because there's some that are definitely feel good kind of worship yeah. stuff. But when you get into those worship songs that are meaty, sure. I love what, yeah. like we did the, the blood off of, I think it's the new Bethel album. We did a different, like a more up-tempo version of it than the, the simple album. Yeah. But um, the kids, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that once I start listening to a song, especially if I'm going to play it, I listen to it over and over and over and over and over. And the kids walk in, they're like, you're listening to that song again? And I'm like, (laughs) yes. And they're like, they're sitting over here just listening. And if they ask a question, then I'm going to do my best to answer it. Or if they like, it has their attention, I will try and like, hey, so this is what the song's talking about. This is what the messages in behind it, like the blood we talked about, what Jesus did on the cross and stuff like that. So at least they have, I mean, my oldest is only eight, so I'm not really getting deep theological with them, but if they can appreciate what Jesus did for them and at least yeah. have a, uh, a, a grasp out there of what it is, they can know some of it, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. You got to make it age appropriate, dude. And that, I, I, I freaking love that because that's um, like, I remember being that age and, and my mom playing, it was a little cassette <laughs> and it was like, yeah. wow, that's what the I blue one was fire. Was like the blue one was fire. Tape. And I, I like, yeah, dude, <laughs> they were all fire. And I just remember like, there was like, I, I remember all those songs on there yeah. and it's just like, Sometimes I go back to dude, dude, like me and Emily were listening to Jackie Velasquez this week. Like, dude, I'll go back to some of her old old school. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Old school. Dude, no way. (laughs) So was I. I That's hilarious. I was looking her up on YouTube and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. So yeah, that is, that is super old school. But like, that's, I remember that from being a little kid. and, And I think that's great because when I say, you know, when I'm talking about, digging into the Bible, like they're asking questions. They're 11 and 10 now. So, you know, eight and under dude, what you're doing with, as far as the worship goes, like that's, that's awesome. Like that's, that's huge. And that's thing they're, those are things that they're going to remember for the rest of their life. And then, you know, not only that, yeah. but you're setting the example, like, Oh, that that's my dad who worships, you know, I want to worship like my dad. I want to worship my spiritual father, mm-hmm. my heavenly father, like my actual father worships him. So I think it's setting. A, I think it's setting an awesome example. And then, um, 
Yeah, man. And in, in, in in going back on what you said about like, obviously listening to theologically sound, nothing's going to be perfect with that, but the lyrics and stuff are things that they're going to have in their yeah. mean for the rest of their lives. You know, it's setting that base for them to go back. Not that, not that everything's always going to be ultra biblical with lyrics, but like we just talked about, dude, I, I had a Jackie Velasquez song in my head and I was just like, yeah, what a great exactly. reminder from a song that I learned when I was eight years old. You know yeah. what I mean? TJ, I've been meaning that, to tell you, <clears throat> I haven't told it. you, but I just f- forgotten to, but it's always like my fav- one of my favorite things to see your videos of your kids just dancing around your office while you're listening to worship music. And <clears throat> like, it just, it makes me, it makes me, it brings a huge smile to my face. Like, it's it's such a wholesome experience that they get to be a part of. And I love that, like, I love that right now for them, church is so fun, you know, yeah. like listening to music and worshiping is fun because that's what it's supposed to be. It's like, it's not supposed to be. You're supposed like, to be celebrating. Yeah. It's supposed to yeah. be this, it's supposed to be this really celebratory thing and this thing full of joy and um, I think a lot of times, you know, as adults, because of, <clears throat> we just, we lose our childlike innocence. And um, I think like to, to be able to see that when you post like your kids dancing around, listening to music, like, dude, it brings me so much joy and make, it makes my heart so full. Um, and I love it a ton. And it's given me like, it's made me really look forward to when, when Zeke is older and I'm listening to worship songs, getting ready for a set or whatever. And yeah, you know, he's behind me doing the same exact thing. Like it's, it's just left me dreaming for, for when my kids are old enough to do that. And, it's crazy. That's one of those moments that uh, made me realize it, like literally leading into this topic was the spiritual leading. Like when yeah. you hear your three-year-old singing, there's another in the fire. Like that hits you different. Dude, it's going to bring me to tears to now. That's exactly. Yeah. So that's, Ugh, those are so those powerful. moments. Yeah. Those are those moments um, that, like uh, one of my pastors was talking about her friend who died and they prayed over her and she came back to life and all she, the way she described heaven. And then we had a deep, like somehow I dad after dark talk after (laughs) rehearsal on Thursday, but what is heaven like? And the lady who died said that heaven was the most beautiful music she'd ever heard. And the Mm. sound of kids laughing. Mm. Dude, I literally that, just got I just got chills over my entire yeah, body. Dude, that that hit me in the face because I've literally heard my kids singing worship and laughing. And it was like Dude, I've gotten chills like five times. <laughs> it's like it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> so yeah, that's I know we're, we've kind of gotten on a worship kick on this, but I yeah. feel like like Gordo said, worship is so powerful in the terms of spiritual. Like uh I mean, I go back to the Bible verse that if we're not worshiping, the rocks themselves will cry out. So there's something huge about worship. And that's, we go back to exactly what you said, putting yourself in the right mindset that this isn't about me. I'm smashing my pride down. This is about edifying God. This is about bringing glory to his name. And this is about setting the atmosphere so that God and the Holy Spirit can do their good work in a congregation that is primed because of that, the power of music. Yeah. And yeah. it's and just, think, it's, and it's cool too. Like, I was just thinking like, man, like for those of you listening who are trying to figure out like, 
if you are, I mean, I know this whole episode has really been geared towards, you know, if you have <clears throat> faith in God. Um, but if you if you're trying to figure out like how to how do I as someone who hasn't really done this before, doesn't have a ton of experience, how do I spiritually lead my family? Like music is such a great starting point. Um, because even though like your kids may not be able to like understand a lot of the background of what is being said, like the fact that your kids, TJ, are, you know, however old and are singing and and probably at the top of their lungs screaming, there's another standing and there's another in the fire standing here with me. Like, dude, that's like stuff that they're like, you carry songs with you wherever you go. Like you, when you leave a church service, you don't walk out humming the message. You walk out humming the worship that you sang. Absolutely. And, and like, it's the, the, you'd never forget song lyrics. Like you, I, it's a joke back in high school. Like I can never remember the, parabolic formula or whatever parabolic formula. I don't know what it ever is, but like, like I can never remember that crap, but dude, I can remember freaking songs I learned when I was in like third grade. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so like the fact that like, <laughs> even though your kids may not understand fully what they're saying, they will when they're older and yeah. they'll have those words with them. And, and if you're listening to the right worship music, they're literally probably speaking scripture over their lives before Correct. before they may even understand what it is. And then once they get to that age where they can't understand it, like, man, that's powerful stuff that yeah. like they have, they have got this, they've got scripture already inside of them before they even realize it. And they're able to carry that with them. And um, before we go to the talk so, about how so powerful the name of Jesus is. Yeah. Like, if you're singing, even even if you, it's at the most basic, Jesus loves me, this I know. Like that is powerful. Yeah. Like it's we just, don't have to get yeah. we don't have to get into it, but I don't agree with the next line. But um for the Bible the told Bible me. The Bible tells me so. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. We can get that's a whole nother message. Um Is the Bible other, not say Jesus other, loves you? No, it's a whole nother podcast. We don't, okay, I'm the, it would, it would, it would just, it's, I mean, long story. Dang, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Long story short, Roll we don't it, believe dude. that Jesus loves like us it. just because the Bible tells us so. Is the long story, is, is the long story short on it? That's, but it doesn't say because the Bible, it doesn't say like it's he doesn't for the Bible. Bible. It's for the Bible. No, I know. And I agree with, I agree with, I agree with that. But, it's a foundationally. It's a. It's the a, it's Bible a, tells you. It's funny enough. It's another. It's another Andy Stanley message where he breaks down, um, you know, people's um, belief in relying on scripture like one hundred percent, and not like relying on the experiences that you've had because the because Christianity is almost just as much experience as it is. Oh, absolutely. As, as the Bible, so. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's not like a, I don't want, I don't think we should get on this tangent. Let's finish the podcast. And then oh, no, no, talking. no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. I, dude, I won't counter, I won't counter any of that. I think that I, I, I think you are a hundred percent right. I just don't think that the experience. No, no, no. Your experience should back up what the Bible says. And if it counters Correct. the Bible. Yes. You, yeah. Correct. Well, that's when you go. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. You should yes, be able yes, to yes, yes. go in the Bible and be 100%. We're in agreement. No, there, was a, I'm sorry. there was I just, a sermon I just had to say that, uh, that I heard. You keep it in the I'm podcast. sorry, I'll make this yeah. quick. There was a sermon that my pastor talked about or that the relationship with Jesus that the disciples had was absolutely different than the thief on the other cross. 100%, Yet, yeah. It was the same Jesus and they experienced two very different sides. Teacher, yeah. Savior. Yeah. And it was the same Jesus, but their perceptions were very different, but it's the same God that we're worshiping. Yeah. So that's the whole, I'm in agreement. The whole the whole sermon is basic the whole sermon's basically yep. about, you know, the the first church I love that, didn't bro. have the collection of the Bible that we have today. So right. there is still Christianity still exists outside of the Bible, is all <clears throat> is all that it it is. Absolutely. So, Oh, 100%. And if you start reading the books <laughs> that they book of have, then you're in for a treat. <laughs> and TJ, dude, yeah, dude, exactly. They they, they, they did. And then uh, TJ, I love that, dude. I, I actually really love that. That, that like, <laughs> the neurons in my brain right there were like, and just connected. And I, dude, I love that because that's exactly what I was trying to say. I said it in like 30 minutes and you said it in like a Grant Cardone <laughs> freaking quote right there. Um, but, <laughs> but you said, dude, that, that, that's so good because right now, like, like I feel like a lot of who I'm speaking to is the teaching Jesus. And not that I'm a disciple or apostle. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I'm making the comparison is like, you know, I, I've, I've been in the deep worship with the deep worship Jesus. And like, in the, in the in the stages of life where you guys may be at with with the Jesus, but it's it's the same it's the same Jesus or, or it's different, different perspectives of where we're at. Because there are people who are seeing Jesus as a Jesus. healer, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because it's the stages that we're in in our life. It's like nobody nobody will ever be in the same stage at the same exact time, and that's why I think as humans we never. There's not a single. I don't care what anybody thinks. There's not a single person on earth that you agree with 100. I, I agree not. with you 100. percent 100. percent So I think that's. I think that's. A good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amen. If you do, you should be Amen. very scared, and you should get a mental evaluation. Tyler, chip in. I <laughs> feel like sure. you almost said yes. something, and then well, we went on a tangent like 25 minutes ago, and I feel really <laughs> yeah. bad. For like, yeah, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Dude, I, I, Garrett, I had something to go back on when you said, when you were talking about heaven, I used to be super against people like talking about, oh, I've been to heaven. Dude, I had a dream that changed my life, but I'm not going to go into that. What I wanted to actually bring up was Matthew 18, one, five that I think was so cool when you talked about that. And it says, and he said, I truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one yeah. such child in my name welcomes me. And I love that, dude, because I, I think about that and I'm like, wow, that childlike wonder. Like, we're sitting here talking and dissecting this worship. And how much more pure is TJ's yeah. kiddos worship at eight years old just singing the lyrics? You know what I mean? Not that, not that we're wrong for discussing it. I just, I, I think about that and it's like, Man, we could sit here and dissect yeah. it, or yeah. we could God and worship. And it's like, 
what are we to become? You know, we are to become the little children. And so that, I, I thought that was cool, man. Thanks for bringing that up. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about, please reach out on Instagram or email. Um, yeah, if you guys have, if you have anything you want to talk about, um, or if you just want to talk to us about anything you've heard on the show, uh, please feel free to reach out. I'm sure any one of us would be more than happy um, to talk over any of these topics. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please give us five stars in a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, we greatly appreciate your feedback. Until next time. I'm Tyler. I'm TJ. I'm Gordo. And I'm Garrett. Remember that being good enough isn't the goal. The goal is progress over perfection. Let's all try to be a little bit better this week than we were last week. You got this. Love you. Bye.